Keep on riding with us as we continue to broadcast the balance and defend the discourse from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios. You are still tuned in to Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. Thank you for continuing to tune in to Civic Cypher. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And we still got some more for you. We're going to be talking about Ronnie Long. Uh, this is the gentleman who's been making headlines lately for getting released from prison after 44 years for a wrongful conviction. And then being awarded $750,000 and saying, you know what, that's not right. Because 44 years of my life is not worth $750,000. Even what he what he ended up getting is still not still enough. Still not enough. For yeah, 44 it's, years it's of his life, life, but it's a lot less insulting. There you go. And so we're going to spend uh, some time talking about him and indeed the prevalence of cases just like that where, you know, People are innocent, but they end up doing prison time. But before we get there, it's time to discuss BA, BA, becoming a better ally, Baba. And today's Baba is sponsored by Friends of the Movement. You can sign up for the free voter wallet from FOTMglobal.com to support black businesses and allied businesses, as well as make an impact with your spending. Again, that's FOTMglobal.com. All right. And um, today's story comes from the Black Information Network. According to GBP, Businesswoman and philanthropist Rhonda Stryker should look her up. She's like got, she's a billionaire, and she's white. If for those who don't know, and her husband William Johnston, chairman of Greenleaf Trust, donated one hundred million dollars to Spelman, marking the largest single donation ever made to an HBCU. That's historically black college or university. All right, Stryker, Spelman College trustee since 1997, hopes to empower women through higher education and create more opportunities for marginalized groups, according to a press release. Of the $100 million, $75 million will go toward endowed scholarships for future students in hopes of removing financial barriers that prevent qualified individuals from attending Spelman, and $25 million will be used to help create an academic focus on public policy and democracy, improve student housing, and provide flexible funding to meet critical and strategic needs. Quote, we are invigorated and inspired by this incredible act of generosity, Dr. Helene Gale, president of Spelman College, said in the press release. This gift is a critical step in our school's mission to eliminate financial barriers to starting and finishing a Spelman education. We can't thank Rhonda Stryker enough for her selflessness and support as both a trustee and friend. There is no doubt that Spelman College is better because of her. And that is an ally if i ever saw one especially because as of late as you well know and probably we're going to talk about next week there's been so much pushback for dei inclusivity affirmative action and really black access to a better life shout out to spelman college and the entire acu all right well, let's talk about ronnie long um so we painted a little bit of a picture for you but i'm going to share a bit from cbs news a man wrongfully convicted and imprisoned for 44 years has reached a $25 million combined settlement with a central North Carolina city and the state of North Carolina involving a lawsuit accusing authorities of misconduct, the man's lawyer said Tuesday. The settlement, which will end a wrongful incarceration lawsuit filed by attorneys for Ronnie Wallace Long in 2021, also included a public written apology from the city of Concord for its role in his imprisonment. The city, located about 25 miles northeast of Charlotte, has agreed to pay $22 million in the settlement. Quote, we are deeply remorseful for the past wrongs that caused tremendous harm to Mr. Long, his family, friends, and our community, the city statement read. 
While there are no measures to fully restore to Mr. Long and his family all that was taken from them, through this agreement, we are doing everything in our power to right the past wrongs and take responsibility. Long, now 68, was a young black man living in Concord when he was accused of raping a white woman, an all-white jury in Cabarrus County, that Long's attorney said was handpicked by local law enforcement leaders, convicted Long of burglary and rape in 1976. At age 21, Long received two life sentences. Long was helped for years in his criminal case appeal by a wrongful convictions clinic at Duke University's law school. Long's attorneys had said that more than 40 fingerprints collected from the scene were never shared and did not match Long's. Uh, Semen samples also were never disclosed to the defense. They later disappeared. A state commission awarded Long $750,000 initially by the law, the state's top compensation for victims of wrongful incarceration. He then sued in federal court in Raleigh and in part accused Concord police officers of extraordinary misconduct that led to his wrongful conviction and imprisonment in violation of his civil rights. As part of the settlement, Long also received $3 million from the State Bureau of Investigation, quote, as a result, uh, sorry, as a result of the SBI's role in hiding evidence from Mr. Long and his legal team that, provide, that proved his innocence. Uh, and I want to read this statement just because I think it helps make this live a little bit more. Because remember how young he was at age 21. I know my mother and father died with a broken heart, he said. I'm going to tell them now when I visit the grave site, your son is clear. Okay, so there's a whole lot here. Um, Q, let's get your... <laughs> your initial take on this one before we break it down even further. It is it has long been the position of people in power, be it legislators, policymakers, or law enforcement, to as you said in our previous topic double down on their wrongs mm -hmm. especially when those most affected by those wrongs look like us. look like us um rather than do the work and in this case did the work and ignored their findings just to maintain their position that this young man was by nature criminal Right. Because you have to remember that these trials in the deep south of people that look like us when law enforcement does not, uh, when law enforcement is entrenched in white supremacy. There is an assumption of guilt. From the very beginning. And. The idea is. Even if we didn't get the right person. We got one of them. We got one. Mm -hmm. And they would have likely probably done it anyway. Done something yeah. anyway. Right. Um, real, quick, real quick, I want to say something. Uh, for those that missed the Way Black History Fact, we do a Way Black History Fact on the show every week. We just talked about Fannie Lou Hamer. And she went to a doctory to have a, a uterine surgery. 
and they forced sterilization on her during that procedure against her wishes without her knowing. So this is not like this, this way of thinking, at least we got one of them or you got one off the street would eventually done something that goes beyond law enforcement. This is, and, and that's, that is not an isolated story. That's not even isolated to black people. There have been population control measures that have been forced on uh, Puerto Rico comes to mind. I know that our uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters, uh, they've had issues with this as well, but, but please continue. But, so we have to live with that reality. This man almost literally lived the entirety of his life yeah. in prison. When you commit a crime, that is a very impossible thing to reconcile. That's why you see people react to sentence to harsh sentences the way that they do, even those found guilty when all the evidence pointed to them. And there's a likelihood because we don't know without being able to actually prove it ourselves. We don't know. Right. But yeah. even in, in instances where you'd be so inclined to believe this person is guilty, 44 years is a lifetime. Sure. Yeah. Even for a crime you committed yeah. to try to daily reconcile for 44 years something that you are absolutely certain that you did not do that's and that you probably assumed upon your arrest or oh, the evidence will yeah very, i'll be fine yeah, the, yeah. the evidence is going to show very very swiftly that i had nothing to do with this is the way that a normal person would react we have to go into it kind of like, man, this could really go bad. So no matter what, you're going to love what I have to say. If yeah. All the evidence shows that this wasn't me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really hard to try with the amount of time that we have to articulate how it feels to know this singular truth. Unfortunately for us, we know that it's not singular. No, not at all. Which makes it far worse. So that's what I, so I want, I, there's two things I want to say. One I'll get to eventually, but the first one that I want to say is that on this show, we use examples like this as a way of illuminating or giving you an aperture into understanding data. We are not two black men who got an hour of radio time and thought, hey, why don't we just complain? about isolated incidents. No, <laughs> this show was put together meticulously. And rather than us spouting out numbers of rates of incarceration or uh, rates of whatever bad that is affecting marginalized people in this country, we often enough do our best to share stories that let you know what the real world implications are um, and that explain that data to you in a way that humanizes it and that allows you, we're, we're assuming that you are potential allies or maybe well-established allies, um, if you're listening to us on this radio station. Um, this gives you some insight into the, the, the numbers. In other words, we're not just talking for the sake of talking. We don't think this stuff is cool. You know, we're not trying to bum everybody out. This is what allows us to make the numbers live, right? And I will. Another thing that you said, and this is the other point I wanted to make. 
when you talk about a normal person getting hemmed up by the police, right? A normal person who's innocent would think to themselves, oh, you know what? I'm innocent. I'll just explain it to the police. And they will understand that I'm innocent of this crime. Everything's going to be okay. Or I just want to survive this interaction. Right. No, no, that's us. I'm talking about a normal person. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm or even yeah, if, I see, I see what you're saying. The I, idea is I can't, ex of course I can't explain myself about yeah. this. I'm being arrested. Right. So okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So let me just get through this because eventually they're going to see that I'm, I wasn't even there yeah. or the, 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 it was, the, it was the, him. I saw him do it. Or yeah. the video or the fingerprints or something yeah. like there's no way this was me. I, I'll right. be fine. Yeah. Right. Okay. So normal person says that normal person. I, I, so let me not say normal. Let's say, um, heterosexual, straight, uh, I guess that's the same thing, Christian, white, healthy man, okay, might have this type of thinking. Okay, I'm going to just talk to the police. It'll be fine. I'll explain everything to them. We'll be good. Well, according okay. to a certain superintendent, what you just described is normal. Yeah, yeah. So this anything is what, this is what I'm trying to abnormal. Yeah, so this is what I'm trying to say. So, you, we have to, so thank you for that. We have to conform <laughs> to the normal. Right? <laughs> well said. So um, that's what this person is thinking, right? And that makes sense if indeed he is innocent. Nothing to see here. Let me just explain it to them and it'll be fine. Um, for people who don't fit that specific description, it can be more problematic. The darker you are, the more problematic it is. And there's other factors that's it's like a scale. You know, the more this you are, the more problematic those interactions can be. So much so that we actively teach people on this show if the police are talking to you it's like you know name and rank and that's it like if you show them your id uh, if if i'm being detained uh, i request <laughs> my right to legal counsel you know if i'm being arrested whatever you know and and you the most basic of questions because the truth of the matter is that the police are so well equipped to take words if you think you're explaining words to them and use those words against you. You could be guilty of a crime that you don't even know exists. It's their job to know all 10,000 laws that you may have broken. I didn't just make up that number. That's a real number. Their job is to know that. And they'll catch you on something. Hey, you were riding your bike and it didn't have a, a light on the front of it. You see what I'm saying? And then they can, they have the right to detain you as a result of that. And now you're detained and being questioned. And if you say the wrong thing, I was, I was coming from here and I was going there. Oh, well, the, you know, and then you're in, in a world of mess right now. The thing is, the reason we know this, so I didn't just learn this doing the show. I've been knowing this. The reason I know that is because I've lived a black life. But I'm going to take it a step it's, further. It's urban myth that most black Americans could be paralegals just from our <laughs> just from that, right? interactions with law enforcement. So, so watch this, this next step, you mentioned something about if you're black and you're interacting with the police and you get arrested and you're hemmed up, that's a very different situation because there's a chance you might not make it out. Even if the evidence is in your favor, even if you are completely innocent, well, you have to survive the interaction first. I mean, literally, yeah, you well, that, not, that's, that's not, first. You have to not have your life taken. <laughs> yep. 
just during the interaction, even for something as benign as a, your taillight is out or you didn't signal before you got over. Like, imagine that. That's what you even. Oh, that's man, what we, you, what, we, we do you, videos of people dying because you, of stuff like that all the time. What we did was not signal before changing lanes. And the result of that interaction, the subsequent act interaction was that you died because they, they go around with guns and they get scared so easily. And Q always says he doesn't really think they're scared. Anyway, I know that that's not fear. Yeah. Um, I try to give the benefit of the doubt because I know there's people that will push back, not because I sincerely believe that. There's some things that just are objectively like not scary. Anyway. And if they are scary, you shouldn't be an officer. We should not call you a brave hero that protects us or whatever. It's, it, it contradicts that narrative. In any event, back to what I'm saying. I want to talk for a second about plea deals. Why would an innocent person accept a plea? Rhetorical or you want some feedback? No, 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 no. I, I, I'll, I'll make the point. I know you know. I know you got it. Don't, don't jump off. <laughs> Look, man, y'all, y'all may not know this, but Q is from Detroit. <laughs> he he knows these stories better than well about the same as the rest of us. How about that? But Q yeah, got them you know, Detroit my, stories. My, my older brother is on the other side. There of you the go. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say yeah. So so, so yeah, I, I can know exactly what that give is. A, a lot of insight as to why someone innocent of a crime would do such a thing. So watch this. Um, here's the data for you. Okay, this comes from the Innocence Project. So you can check this out for yourself, innocenceproject.org. Okay. Uh, 57% of the people who have been freed from prison for a crime that they did not commit, 57% of them were black. How many, what percentage of black people are there in this country? Roughly 14. There you go. Okay. 57% <laughs> who have been exonerated were black. Okay. Of those exonerated, after a guilty plea uh, was entered, 75% were black and brown people. In other words, you see how an innocent person could enter into the record a plea of guilty to, or to accept the plea deal because their chances of fighting that, either they don't have the money, they're not in the best legal position to have as much strength going into that or they realize that they could lose even if they're innocent so let me just split the difference i'll accept the plea i'll be home in two years five years whatever the number is and what does that do that pads the incarceration rates and that adds to the narrative that black people and brown people are criminals and so forth um how about this uh so the georgia innocence project uh, uh, projects this uh, studies or s says this uh, st studies estimate that four to six percent of in incarcerated people are innocent right so we have a criminal justice system that's deeply flawed B Brian Stevenson is a person who we're a big fan of on this show he, um, uh, he's the, uh, the, the head guy of the uh, equal justice initiative so check him out Brian Stevenson equal justice initiative um, he says something that is very potent and we've said on the show before as well. Um, these are often enough life and death uh, situations and circumstances. Would you get onto an airplane if you knew that four to six percent of airplanes crashed? Why do we not have that? Would we allow 
an industry to exist if four to six percent of <laughs> the airplanes crashed, right? But we we allow this in the criminal justice system because we've written these people off, and and he believes that we've written these people off unfairly because the criminal justice system in and of itself is biased. It's not so simple as just don't do the crime, right? Because as we see, you don't have to do the crime to lose 44 years of your life and then get an insulting $750,000. Can you say the next statistic is four to 6% sounds like a very, very small number. And I think some people, given the data like that, would accept that as a risk they would take, right? Okay. Car accidents are a far higher percentage of that. We get in our car and drive every day. So, okay, so make that live a little bit more you. if you could, please. I got you, dog. So watch this. That means one out of 20 cases result in a wrongful conviction. And I want to take the last second to, to add this. There's this number that you may have come across if you're really like into social justice like me and Q. 1350 or 1352 and the idea there is that it's a it's a racist trope but it, the idea is that these these people say well 13 percent of the population commits 50 percent of the crime or 52 percent of the crime that's the 1352 so when you factor in uh poverty rates when you factor in um access to necessities when you factor in uh over policing because it's not that these people commit that much crime. It's they get arrested for that much crime, right? Uh, black Accused people. of that much crime. Right, there you Charged go. with that much right. crime. And then you add to it the fact that these wrongful arrests exist and disproportionately, overwhelmingly in most instances, affect black people. Now you're starting to get those numbers a little bit more consistent with those of our white brothers who often espouse this number 1350 or 1352. So there's your food for thought for the week, and we'll leave it right there. With that in mind, <laughs> I'd like to thank you as always for tuning in to Civic Cipher. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. And I, again, am ending a show with a upset stomach <laughs> because a lot of this information is just really, really hard to digest, especially after having the benefit like us of of being in so many other places in the world and experiencing life from the perspective of people who don't see us as by nature beneath and other well the truth is is that we got a long way to go but fortunately we're walking for you and we're walking for each other. I appreciate you every week, Q. And I know that you always thank me. That matters. So um, we'll ask you to come back and rock with us again next week. In the meantime, hit us on all social media at Civic Cypher. And until we talk again, peace.